and love family. I want to welcome you to the Flow and Vibe podcast with me, Nat Flority Vibes. Here, it's a safe place to flow and vibe. Have a moment to unwind and relax. Think deeply and freely. Feel safe to be a woman, human, a lover, a friend, a sister, a goddess, a queen, a king, a god, a boss, a parent, a spouse, a teacher, a provider, a revolutionary, and more importantly, you. Now let's vibe. family i have some exciting news i am now available on itunes apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify breaker um radio public and other places but those are the four main ones that i'm available on and yeah also i have more exciting news i have sponsorships now However, I'm trying to find the perfect sponsor to sponsor my show. I do not want to accept just any sponsor strictly for the money. I want to make sure that the sponsors that I get or that's coming to me is something that fits my platform and fits this space altogether. And lastly, if you want to support the podcast, because I found out that I have monthly subscribers now, all you have to do is hit support this podcast and you too can put in your monthly uh, donations. It can be anywhere from a dollar to however much, whatever helps just to keep this podcast going and just to keep episodes flowing. And last but not least, if you are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, but more specifically, Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you always hit that rate, hit five stars because uh, that's what your girl deserves, of course. Hit five stars. It helps me out a lot. Leave reviews. But if anything, just please continue to hit that five because it helps me out. It helps the show get bigger. It helps it um, become more available on other other platforms and it also lets you um lets other people see it and we want this thing to get you know big and get views and share all this loving all over okay so yeah do not forget to hit that star matter of fact go hit it right now go hit them five stars and leave review if you haven't already it helps the girl out a lot and did i mention you can hit it as many times as you like <laughs> so yes hit that subscribe button right now Hit that follow if you're on Spotify or wherever you're at, but make sure to subscribe so you can get all of the latest episodes at your convenience. Now let's get on with the episode. Peace family. So today in this episode, we are going to discuss who (laughs) NetFloorTree Vibes is. I felt it was only right to introduce you to the voice that hopefully soothes and enlightens and hopefully give you a real moment in the right here, in the right now, to feel just human. (laughs) I know what it's like to be just so caught up in the traumas and the worries, the anxieties, the woes, social medias 
all of the distractions, your kids, your marriage, your friendships, giving and growing, loving and doing, healing and the need to be healed. It's a lot. And sometimes you just need that moment to reflect and manifest that energy in a more relaxing and healing way. I've been there. <laughs> Shit, I'm there now. I'm a mom of three and one on the way. I've been married to my best friend of three years before we married back in 2010. So that's about 13 years of friendship and about 10 years of marriage. <laughs> this is my last year of my 20s and it's a bittersweet moment. <sighs> the hustle and the bustle of our 20s. Boy, I tell you, I am just so damn over it, okay? But when I reflect on my growth in my 20s, I have to admit that I'm happy. And I went through a few things in my 20s that clearly prompted a spiritual growth and enlightenment. Um, it was much needed. So I ain't too mad at it. But I will speak more into other episodes throughout the season, um, specifically what those things were. I am super excited just to be transparent with you guys and open up, you know. Um, but even throughout all that dark and shining time, I felt that I became me again. Um, I felt that in my childhood, I was so stripped emotionally um, of who I really was. And every, every time I tried to like display that, I just felt like it got ripped away. Um, I was ridiculed and I just never felt that I was enough or ever really just good enough. Um, but as a young child, when you do feel that way and it's so prevalent in your psyche, that manifestation turns into a teenager who just becomes super rebellious and that I was I was one who spoke my mind I did not play the radio honey I was just not here for any of it but um but I did it in a way that I was allowed to do it and to get away with of course um but I was like hear me you know see me hell can somebody feel me I'm human and I found this need to be accepted by my peers um like most of us do so other than that, I was a military child. We moved around enough, not too bad. Um, we stayed in the South, thank God. It's where my roots are, it's where my family is from, and I enjoyed it. So yes, your girl is a Georgia Beach. I was there from me being six years old all the way until I was a teenager. And then we um, ended up moving to South Carolina. But one of the benefits I will say of being a military child is being able to diversify yourself quickly, um, adapt to new people, new environments, and get a new chance to um, recreate your image, especially if you messed it up at your old school or in a whole other state. So, 
I was able to bring my creativity to South Carolina. And I have a quick little story time about some creativity and a little bit of black girl magic. So let me start by saying, if you don't know, or contrary to popular belief, people think that military kids are brats, spoiled, etc. First off, the military pay is not rich, honey, or even close. I'm a military spouse now, and girl, I know the real financial tea, okay? So um, there are opportunities, though, to save or get bonuses if you're lucky. Um, you can get stationed like overseas or to other places um, that's in the state, but not necessarily on the mainland like Hawaii, where you can get cola, which is pretty much just um, extra money. But anyways, please <laughs> stop saying brat. There are a lot of emotional things that military kids have to go through. Um, you know, our fathers, our mothers are getting stripped from us and, you know, having to go overseas in war. And there are times you really don't know if you're going to see your parents again. Um, a lot of parents come back with um, just like PTSD or extreme mental issues that really reflects on the kids and um, the spouse. Sometimes the spouses may cheat um, and then there's a cause of divorce. You have to move back home. There's a lot of things that you go through being a military child. So I really hated the term of being a brat other than really saying that we travel around the world. Um, and that's if you do that, if your parents elect to do that. My parents chose for us to stay down south because my family was there and they didn't want us to be one of those military children who didn't get to know our family. So I do appreciate that, but I definitely don't um, say at all that I'm a brat. Um, but anyways, your parents do leave do, um, during extremely pivotal and vital and influential times of your life. And um, also during that time, guess what? There's a disconnect between the children and even the spouse. So they have to learn how to get to know you again. You have to learn to get to know them again. And there's a lot of differences that happen in between those months or sometimes even years um, that your parents are not around so um and then when the soldier do come back a lot of time they're trying to pick up the mess that they feel was left um so yeah now if you know the military especially the army when it comes down to the high school you're going to <laughs> you're going to the school that's right outside the gate okay and every base that at least we were stationed at that's gonna be the hood high school okay which I personally loved because all of my favorite cousins went there. But my parents knew that, so they sent me to another school where I only had a few cousins there, but all the projects of the west side of that city was there. And I personally loved that school. It was so much creativity there, um, sisterhood, believe it or not, and overall dopeness. So long story short, the people there didn't have a lot of money, my parents damn sure didn't spoil me with no designers. So I fit right in and I got just as creative with them. Um, we did things like <laughs> use these little chip bags that come into the Frito-Lay um, chip bags and we made belts and to match all of our outfits. Now, what you would do is you would like say my first, I think my first belt was a Cheeto belt. So what I did was I collected all the Cheeto bags, the little small Cheeto bags, and you would get like an old belt or go to Walmart and get you a belt. 
and you would just wrap your Cheeto bags around it. So depending on your waist size, you may have needed one, or not one, I'm sorry, at least about five to six of the Cheeto bags. You'll wrap them all around with clear plastic tape and um, connect them and put little holes in them. And there you had it. You had your Cheeto Bells. I had a Dorito one. I had a Lay's one. I had a sour cream onion one. Girl, put my little orange shirt on, my green shirt. I was matching through the week, okay? So, um, yeah, I mean, but y'all can call it whatever y'all want to call it, but at least we're being eco-friendly and resourceful, okay? So, um, if you're not from Georgia, does anybody else remember the Kool-Aid Jammer purses? I wanted that go global, or was that just a South thing? I don't really know. But um, when I moved to South Carolina, I had um, brought the Kool-Aid Jammer purses because I made good money from my old school. So I knew that they didn't know nothing about that. So I brought the Kool-Aid Jammer purses to that high school and made good money selling those. Um, so I brought my unique style there. And they were all infatuated with it. Um, and that school was more diverse. It wasn't nearly 98% black like my old school. And um, yeah, girl, I just brought all that black girl magic to that school. And then this lady stole it, this teacher. And I want to say she was a home ec teacher. And she started sewing them because how I used to make it was with hot glue guns or super glue because I didn't know how to sew. But she started sewing them things, making them double the sizes. I want to say she didn't start making book bags. Girl, she was doing the whole most. And I want to say that was my first time experiencing white privilege, culture thieving, and downright stealing some black girl magic. Mm, mm, mm. She clearly had no idea where I was from. <laughs> Anyways, short or long story time over. Um, <laughs> that was that story time. I just can't believe that that girl really just stole my stuff or that lady. And she tried to act like she didn't know it was me, but whatever. I digress. So, back to the story. I became a mother of my first sunshine at 20 years old as a sophomore in college. And oh my, the struggle was real. My husband and I were just two some college young adults in Atlanta trying to figure out this thing called adulting. Um, learning and loving in a world that seemed like it didn't want us to survive and thrive together. It was tough living in Atlanta, being young, without a college degree. It was a chocolate mecca. You would see black success um, for young 20-somethings, and you would also see young black failure all at the same time. Um, it was a city where you can see a 20-something-year-old riding around in a Lambo and then a 20-something-year-old homeless, um, you know, with this family and only had a few dollars to eat. And then you had us, who was right in between. It was enough to support. We had enough support not to be on the streets. But at the same time, not enough to not be tripping about that $5 that you just gave that homeless family. So fast forward, I became a business owner at 24. 
I launched my DBSC Flows brand in 2014. Uh, it started with an idea and a movement that I was trying to push forward at the time. Being a young girl who was dark skinned and skinny, I dealt with a lot of colorism and teasing as a young girl for being dark skinned. It didn't last too long though, because you know, your girl was cute or whatever. <laughs> but needless to say, seventh grade year was a rough year for me. Um, but I was tired of seeing my fellow dark-skinned sisters, even up to now, just not getting the credit that we deserve for the efforts and hard work that we put in. So yes, I love my chocolate sisters, but I wanted to create a brand that stopped colorism in its entirety. And hell yeah, at times I scream team dark skin because there is that part of me that advocates for my dark skinned sisters to get the respect and the desire and the respect that we deserve. But in order to push my movement, I wanted to solidify something tangible. I felt like that I needed that um, to make women feel good, all over feel good, literally. <laughs> so I started with um, homemade whipped shea butter. Um, it did very, very well. Um, but not to only look beautiful, but to literally feel like heaven. So I did that. It was it was a success. Um, but this was during the time that um, the market wasn't like fully oversaturated with like being natural and natural skincare and all of that. So it was very, very easy to get people to support um, the movement. Being natural wasn't a movement yet. I had already cut off my hair um, and, you know, it was natural because my son had just tore my hair up, honey. I don't know what was going on, but I went from needing a relaxer maybe twice to three times a year to feeling like I needed a, a relaxer every six weeks. And I was just not here for that. I never had to do that. And I wasn't getting ready to start. So I was like, screw this. I'm cutting all my dang hair off. And so I did. And, um... I just cut it off and had me a little fro, which was hard because I'm so used to having long hair. But anyways, I started doing that and then I started making um, handmade jewelry, waist beads, lotions, soaps. Um, but it was only me, you know, doing all the labor, marketing, advertising, shipping, you name it. But Let's get back on track. <laughs> so the month that I had started launch, the month that I, the month that I launched, excuse me, I not only tripled my sales goal on just shea butter alone, but I gained about 700 followers on Instagram. And back then, that was a big deal. So I also got hit up by BET and this other like celebrity gifting suite company, and that's the first time I heard of that. Um, they reached out to me maybe about four weeks, three to four weeks after I actually launched publicly and was asking me to come out to LA and um, give away my products for free to celebrities. Um, I was invited to like all of the major uh, shows like the BET Awards, the Emmys, MTV Awards, etc. Um, that was a huge opportunity for me. And I had this sweet sister. I ain't gonna say her name, um, but I had a girl that supported me uh, from the very very beginning she literally bought everything that i ever launched um everything she believed in my vision she supported me financially 
um, and she was willing to help me out to get to LA because remember at this time I just launched. So everything that I was making at the time, you know, I had to put back into the business. Like I had only launched within, a, you know, within a, the last month. So I wasn't making like enough profit to one, give away all of my product or a good bit of my product for free. And I didn't show to have enough money to be flying out to LA. I lived in Georgia and I was going to fly out my entire family because again, DBSC flows is a business that's a family business. So I wasn't going to go out there by myself. I needed to, them to understand that my company represented not only me, but my husband and my son at the time. Um, so I needed them to understand that this was a family thing. Um, so I, I let them know that they were all good with that. But needless to say, I wasn't able to afford it alone. Um, but she was going through some things personally at the time and I got it and she just disappeared. <laughs> Not literally, but I don't know. She just goes to me. y'all. I don't know what happened. So, um, but like I said, I already knew what she was going through personally. So I completely understood, but I do say a little prayer for her in hopes that she is okay. I haven't heard anything from her since 2014. Um, so I hope that everything is okay. But at the time, I'm not going to lie, she knew this chick, right, um, that literally, I ain't going to say stole my idea, but she definitely launched her shea butter in a skincare line shortly after I did. And at this time, this girl was like really encouraging me and congratulating me and seeing all this other stuff, asking me for advice. But I was young. I didn't really put two and two together. So a little bit after she did that, um, and she launched, she blocked me. And I'm just like, wait a minute. And so the thing about it was, I ended up telling sis, the girl who supported me, I ended up telling her about it. And she was like, yeah, I know her personally, but you know, we really aren't that cool and blah, blah, blah. And this, this and that. So when she did ghost me, I kind of was like, wait a minute. I wonder did she really just support me simply to kind of get close to me and my business and kind of see what I was doing so she can report it back to old girl. Now, I'm not going to say that's what she did. I don't really know. But what I will say is that it did cross my mind. Either way, I took a break. I was really bummed out about um, the non-support at the time that I didn't really get from people. That was like my first, um, I guess, uh, realization that people don't really support you like they say they will or they do and I thought that some of the people that would support me didn't and I knew they were definitely financially able to um, support me and they just didn't so I went through a few other things that really forced me to kind of regroup mentally and spiritually but it was definitely a great run for sure I met some amazing people in Atlanta. I ventured off and talked to so many people. I met some bomb ass CEOs and just black women who were out here doing it in Atlanta or out there doing it in Atlanta. And I was all here for it. So I am still currently rocking with my brand, but not just as strongly as I was at the beginning. However, just the other day, my bomb ass husband gave me a bomb ass idea <laughs> to revamp and recreate everything with DBSC. Um, and when we launch again, this time it's going to be bomb AF. Okay. And it'll be a representation of the real grown, grown me. So 
Either way, um, I wanted to create this podcast to not only just be transparent, um, I've always had a struggle. I've always struggled with trying to be um, just transparent and open. I think that we all struggle with that nowadays, especially living in the world of social media where everything is just so perfect and everybody's life looks so good. And, you know, we're scared to talk about the real stuff. But I know that when I was listening to podcasts, when my husband was overseas and I was too busy to talk to my best friends, I was too busy to talk to my sister. And by the time I was able to not be busy taking care of three kids um, and a newborn and trying to heal and do all those other things, I was listening to podcasts to real people connecting and being transparent and vulnerable. And it really got me through some things. And plus, I've always, you know, been a creator. I've always been creative. I wrote poetry, but then I stopped. I had tons and tons of poetry books and journals that I have no idea what happened to them. More than like my parents threw them away. I don't know. But as long as I remember, I've been writing. And I just didn't feel like I had the support from my parents. And I don't know. I just kind of feel like it was more made a mockery of. So I kind of just... I'm not going to necessarily say I lost the love for it because I never did, but I definitely lost, I think, a little bit of passion. So anyways, um, I recently wrote a letter to my recently deceased aunt who have been the only one in my family other than my sister who I've ever read my poems to. And she told me that one day I'm going to do something great with this. And she said she'd be my biggest, you know, fan but and supporter but she's gone now so um yeah rest her soul but she's part of the reason why I decided to manifest my journaling into podcasting and share some of my intimate thoughts with you all um it's therapeutic though I'm not gonna lie to get back to what I love in a different modern and creative way and I can't wait to hear some of your personal journeys your thoughts and ideas your manifestations, creations, and all-around dopeness. I will be having my husband on the next episode as we discuss our journey of being young and married, our entire pretty much adult life thus far, and having almost four children. For me, before I'm 30, for him before he's 36. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. And how we manage to survive and keep our sanity through it all. So, again, can't wait to hear your feedback and all of that goodness. And I will see you all in the next episode. And as always, family, peace, love, and light. And I hope you felt that vibe.